reading in, in uh, the reading that we're going to look at, uh, Paul teaches the church in Ephesus that there is a new way of living. There is a new way of life that is learned from Christ. And this way is a new way. So we can't live like we used to, but it's a new way to live. And this new way of living is not just recommended by Jesus himself, but it's evidence in the life that Jesus lived. And so my hope tonight is I'm going to unpack really three, I hope, three simple points, uh, which I, I, three points that I see as one singular thread. So three points on one thread uh, that I want to share tonight regarding this reading. So let me read for us as we go into the word. There'll be a reading on the screen, I believe. If not, um, no reading on the screen. Let's open our Bibles. Let's do it old school. Let's get our Bibles out. Okay, I know it's a strange thing. It's this little burgundy book in front of you, and we're going to open it up, and we're going to go to Ephesians. Ephesians 4, and we're going to go Ephesians 4, um, verses 17 onwards. Ephesians 4. So that's on page 1175 in your red Bibles, 1175. Ephesians 4, 17 onwards. So that's Ephesians 4, 17 onwards, uh, 1175. So I tell you this and insist on it in the Lord, that you must, not, you must no longer live as the Gentiles do, in the futility of their thinking, They are darkened in their understanding and separated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them due to the hardening of their hearts. Having lost all sensitivity, they have given themselves over to sensuality so as to indulge in every kind of impurity and they are full of greed. That, however, is not the way of life you learned when you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus." You will talk with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by deceitful desires, to be made new in the attitude of your minds, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Therefore, each of you must put off falsehood and speak truthfully to your neighbor, for we are all members of one body. In your anger, do not sin. Do not let the sun go down while you are still angry. And do not give the devil a foothold. Anyone who has been stealing must steal no longer, but must work doing something useful with their own hands, that they may have something to share with those in need. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. We're going to stop right here. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So that was quite a mouthful. I I, I thought about continuing to verse 20, but that's 20 more verses and I don't want to bore you guys out, but hey, you know, it's great. Um, This is amazing. There's so much, there's so much to digest here. Um, And I'm not going to sit here, um, stand here, I should say, and go line by line or verse by verse, because we'll be here probably till, I know, tomorrow morning. But we're going to just try to find what I say is that singular thread, that thread that kind of weaves 
uh, verses 17 to the end. What is Paul talking about? What is the thread that is Paul trying to put together and teach the church in Ephesus and therefore teach us too as followers of Jesus? I'm going to use an analogy, hopefully that you will, you will, you will get. Um, it's an analogy of, of a process of renovating a house. The process of renovating a house to help us understand what Paul is talking about. Now, with anything, with any analogies, they're, they're not perfect. So they have a limited amount of, 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 of use. Um, so hopefully this is just something to help us um, better understand what Paul is talking about. So here we go. My first point is this. We're renovating a house. We have an old house. And the old house is the old self. The old house equals the old self. And in Ephesians 4, 17 to 19, uh, this part of the scripture, Paul says, uh, talks about the characteristics of the old self. Emphasizing the futility of the mind, the darkness of life without God. Paul talks about what the old self looks like, thought like and behaved like. The old self. And so let's look at this analogy of this old house. We have an old house and we have the old self. Um, when Sarah and I first bought our, our home, uh, when we first bought a home, I tell you, it was terrible. The house was run down. It was beaten up. It had, it had like 1960s, 50s wallpapers, um, stuff like you, like, you know, like Eastenders, I'm sorry for like Eastenders or Coronation Street, you know, kind of like really old school, like Sarah's grandma, kind of like, you know, decoration. Um, it had this really weird carpet, really smelly carpet with dark patches and stuff. It was just disgusting. Um, it had like cracks on the walls. It had this weird metallic flimsy front entrance. And I thought anybody could break in on the house and just, it was, it, the boiler was like this ancient boiler. It had to get pipeworks done, you had to get rewiring done, you had to get new carpets, you had to get new windows. Man, it was a mess. That old house was a wreck. It was messy. It was broken. It had all sorts of issues. It had polystyrene ceiling tiles. Have you ever seen polystyrene ceiling tiles? Yeah? It had some of those. And I'm not even lying to you. In the bathroom, it had this weird light that you put on and I, like fire almost came out. I was like, this is a health and safety hazard. We're taking these down. Um, it was that kind of house. It was busted. It was old. It was a wreck. It was messy. And similarly to that old, that old house, the old self, Paul talks about in verse 17 to 19, talks about um, those Gentiles, those who are separate from God, those who don't know God, are a bit like that old house. They are, uh, they are darkened in their understanding. They have a futility in their thinking. They are ignorant because of the hardening of their heart, they are separate from God. They are lost in all sensitivity. They have given themselves over to sensuality and indulge in every kind of impurity. Paul is saying the, the Gentiles, these, these people who are not, who don't know Jesus, who don't know God, they, they are so far, a bit like the house, they are in need of help. They are in need of rewiring. Their lives are messy. And that was me once. That was me. I was the old house. I was the old self. I was the one who had messy upbringing, who had a messy teenagers, who had messy lives. I was the one who 
did things I shouldn't have done. That was me. That was us. But something happened. We met Jesus. We got to know the master architect, the master designer, the one who works wonders, the one who takes what is broken and turns it into something beautiful. We met with him. And so instead of being left like the Gentiles, um, and in this context, the Gentiles mean spiritually separated from God, as if you were once excluded from God as Gentiles, we were once those people. But because of meeting with Jesus, meeting with this master architect, something truly amazing happened. A renovation happened. Renovating what I once was and working in me to make me something new. Taking me what was the old and moving from the old to something completely new. Taking the old man or the old woman and giving us a new identity, a new man, a new woman, a new being. Jesus came and saw us in our, mess, in our messiness and he looked at us and he took us as we were in our old self and he was moving us into something new. And this is a process from the old house, the old self, to my second point what I call the renovation process. Because it doesn't go from your old to new. It doesn't go, hey, you go, Nick, you're old, now you're a new creation. There is a process in the middle. That is called sanctification. We are always being made new and always being in the likeness of Jesus. It's not like, hey, you're old, now you're new, you go to heaven. No, there is a process. And we are still going through that process. We are all going through that process. And similarly, in Ephesians 4, 22 to 24, Paul talks about uh, the truth of Jesus. He says, you were taught with regard to your former way of life. He says, you were taught to, to put off your old self, which has been corrupted by deceitful desires, and to be made new in the attitude of your minds, to have our minds renewed, and to put on the new self, created to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. To me, this sense of uh, what Paul is talking about corresponds to this idea of being renovated, of being, uh, having a renovation process where the old self is intentionally addressed and transformed. The old is addressed and transformed, involving a change of mindset and the adoption of the new self. A change of mindset into the adoption of the new self. So how does it happen it happens by this, verse 20 and 21. That, however, is not the way of life you learned. When you heard about Christ and were taught in him in accordance with the truth that is in Jesus. It happens when we hear the truth that is the person of Jesus. To be made new, to be renovated means to hear the truth. What truth is to hear the person of Jesus? Who is Jesus? Jesus is the living son of God. Is to hear who he is, is to accept that truth, that he is Lord, that Jesus came, he lived, he died, he rose again for me and for you. That is the truth and that is the foundation of our new self. Is to hear the truth that is in Jesus to allow the truth 
of Jesus to saturate all that we are. Allow Jesus to speak into everything that we are, all that we do, to allow Jesus to be on your go-to. To allow the truth of Jesus to change us, to equip us, to guide us. To allow Jesus to be the center and the focus of all that we do. And so how, how do we do that? How do we allow Jesus to be our focus? How do we allow Jesus to be the center of all? Well, just like anything, the more you spend time in it, the more you spend doing something, the more you grow to understand it. The more I read about chaos theory or computer engineering, the more I get to know what that is. By the way, I don't study chaos theory or computer engineering, that's just a point. But the more you do something, the more you get to understand it. The more you spend time in the gospel, the more you spend time in this book, the more you read, the more you get to know the person of Jesus. The more you spend time in it prayerfully, asking God, open my eyes, what are you teaching me? What are you showing me? The more you do that, the more you become like Jesus. The more you pray, the more you sing worship songs, the more you speak to your brothers and sisters and hymns and you sing and you, and you pray together, the more you are becoming like Jesus, the more you are growing in relationship with Jesus. The more time you spend in the Word, the more time you spend with your brothers and sisters, the more time you spend in worship, you grow to know the person of Jesus. So we have the old self, the old house, that's run down, that's broken. We meet Jesus. He changes us. And he takes us through a process of being made new, a process of renovation. And then there is a new house, the new self. Once that's been done, verse 25 to 33, 32 is the new self. What does it look like to be the new self? What is Paul teaching us? What does it look like to be new people in Jesus? From verse 25 to 32, and even in chapter 5, 1 to 20, um, Paul here, he lists uh, 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 all this practical explanation. This is a list of highly practical explanations of how it is that we as Christians ought to live our lives. From verse 25 to all the way through 520, Paul lists all these things of how it is that as Christians and as believers, we ought to live. And Paul here, he notes the difference between a life wallowing under the power of sin as opposed to a life thriving in the power of Christ. Paul says, Christians, we are called to put away the former things, the old things, the things that would entangle unbelievers, the things that would bring us down, the things that would give the devil a foothold in our lives. We are called to put away things such as malice, slander, bitterness, commotion, lies, sensuality, impurity. We are called to put all these things away and we are called to be transformed by the Spirit of God into the likeness of Jesus in attitude, in our love, in our forgiveness. We are called to be more Christ-like every day. The transformation is we were once old, but Jesus found us and transformed us into his likeness, to look more like him, to be more like him, to speak more like him, to resemble him. 
so that we, as we leave this place, as we go into our communities, we have all these instructions of how we should live our lives. We should live our lives not being controlled by worldly things, but we should live our lives being filled by the Spirit of God. We are filled by the Spirit of God to be believers um, that have power to shape and change our communities. That when we talk and walk, we resemble Jesus. We speak of the person of Jesus. That singular thread is Paul saying, Christians, brothers and sisters, this is what you once were, the old self. Jesus found you and took you on a transformation process and showed you what was wrong. And he's making you, change you like the potter into something beautiful, into a new self, into a new person that looks more like him, that speaks like him, that resembles him. And as we leave and as we meet with people, we resemble Christ-likeness. So that when we leave this place, we can be disciples of Jesus, encouraging people to know him, to come to him, to be transformed by him, and to be more like him. Let's pray as I invite Sam and the team to come back up as they lead us into worship. Father God, we thank you for your word. It's so powerful. And there are things in here that are challenging, that, that, that make us rethink and that really shake us to our core. And so, Father, I pray for these verses, Lord, that they would allow us to, um, to grow in maturity, to grow in holiness, to grow in wise living so that we would look more like Jesus. That all that Paul is talking about will allow us to move away from the old, to put away the old man and and put on the new to resemble, uh, to be like God in true righteousness and holiness. Help us, Lord Jesus, as we uh, come to your table in a few moments to turn our eyes upon you and trust you to change us into your likeness, to make us holy just like you. Help us to be witnesses of your kingdom. Help us to speak truth into our lives into people's lives and help us to make disciples, Lord Jesus. Help us to be a voice in a dark world. We ask all this in the power of your spirit for your glory and, and for your glory and your kingdoms only. Amen. Why don't we stand for, uh, for the next song as we prepare our hearts for communion. <laughs>